What a win. What a win by the Philadelphia Flyers today. And welcome back to the Flyered Up Podcast. I'm your host, Domino Gracia, along with my partner, Chris Mayer. The Flyers, after getting embarrassed at home by the New Jersey Devils, getting shut out by them 5 to nothing, they stroll into the nation's capital and spoil Washington, D.C.'s milestone chance for Alex Ovechkin to get 500 goals. He, no, not 500 goals, gets 700 goals. What the hell am I saying? <laughs> and the Flyers beat the Washington Capitals by a score of 7-2. to two. And they also get a milestone of their own in Claude Giroux, who gets his 800th career point in the NHL with three points tonight. Sean Couturier gets two points, two goals on the board. Nicholas Albe-Kubel receives the Gordie Hell hat trick with an assist, a goal, and a fight. It was just an amazing game. Also, you get Brian Elliott, the moose, bouncing back from his horrible game against the Devils. Chris, what is your thoughts on this game? Is this the first time we got a prediction right? I... I would say you got the prediction right. I said it was going to be a close game. It was not close at all. <laughs> Dude, that game was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I've honestly, I think that was one of the best games that they played all year. That was, oh man, everything went right for them tonight. I mean, it was the combination of the span of getting like three goals in under two minutes. That was huge. Then they, they that basically took all the momentum out of the Capitals. They didn't really have as much as you'd think, but it was, I, I mean, honestly, it was it was a pretty tight game early on. Uh, I'll be real. I mean, it was the shots were close. It was a very physical first period. Both teams combined had twenty eight hits, fourteen each. Uh, and as you said, the whole milestone thing with Ovechkin and <clears throat> going into it, and it's funny because. I, I, like they they made that whole puck wall with would he get two or would he get I, I almost just said two hundred you said five hundred I almost said two hundred the uh, <laughs> seven hundred gold and Drew gets eight hundred points and his two hundred fiftieth goal and the Flyers get a seven two win in Washington and then it's the first time that the Flyers have scored seven goals in Washington since March thirtieth nineteen ninety two that's and unreal. this is also. The first time the Washington Capitals have allowed seven or more goals in a game since, I think, like November of 2006. It was, it was to be exact, it's November 24th. Jeez, that, that is a while. That is a freaking decade and a half. Oh, my. <laughs> almost. It was almost, thir- or, yeah, almost 28 years the last time the, Cat- the Flyers scored seven goals in Washington. Jeez. I mean, yes, they've won games in Washington, but the last they have scored won seven games. plus. Yeah, and there's been times where the Capitals have blown out the Flyers and in Washington at home. Yeah, like for the well, the Flyers being home, it, it was a great night, absolutely amazing game. Do you want to know what also makes this a wonderful night? So many other teams, the Flyers that are chasing in this wild card slash division race, have lost. the Fl- The Islanders lost. The Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> a one-goal lead. Colorado scored two late goals to win that game. Uh, the Florida Panthers lost. The Toronto Maple Leafs lost in overtime to the Montreal Canadiens. And currently, the Carolina Hurricanes are taking on the Vegas Golden Knights, and they are losing 2-0 in the first period. All is well in the city of Philadelphia on this Saturday night. All is well. And it's 
simply amazing right now. If you're a Flyers fan, be happy right now. Be happy. That freaking game on Thursday. Forget about it. Just Forget about it. Just forget about it. So, so to get into this game, it, it actually started off pretty, I would say Washington had majority of the chances early on. The Flyers didn't get their game going right away. The Flyers got their game started with a Kevin Hayes breakaway, and Braden Holtby does makes two great saves on the breakaway from Kevin Hayes. And then on the other side of Brian Elliott, he's making some huge saves off of the Washington Capitals. And it's really a goaltending duel in this first period. And then the Flyers, they get a power play late in this first period. And they win the faceoff. And it's just a beautiful setup play. Voracek to Drew from behind the net. To Sean Couturier, who's on the left side, one times it past Braden Holtby for a one nothing Flyers lead. But not that long later, Washington gets a power play of their own. And it's not Alex Ovechkin, it is TJ Oshie from Nicholas Backstrom in the slot. Ties the game at one, and we go to the first intermission tied at one. So That was a tough goal that the that Capitals scored there. That was like, it was a perfect pass. And the one-touch pass on the power play is like so hard to, to control. It's hard to defend. And the Flyers actually had a pretty good... Uh, a really good actual penalty kill on that too. They were very, they were physical. They were getting to the puck, but they just couldn't get the puck out. And then the Capitals set it up, as you said, just like like it was nothing. And Backstrom, he's one of the best passers in the game. I mean, it's it's unreal. It is unreal, and it's it's funny just to see how good Braden Holpe played in the first period, just to see the monstrosity that happened in the rest of the game. I know it's great because we went into it and I saw your tweet. You were like Braden Holpe with like a three. He gave up. It was like a three Oh eight goals against average and an eight nine seven save this percentage. Is, this is my tweet coming, going into the midway through the first period. This was like after the Kevin Hayes breakaway. I said, so um, Braden Holpe, I, I've read Braden Holpe's had a eight, nine, seven save percentage coming in. Coming he sees the Flyers on the scoreboard. He says, bet. <laughs> bet. <laughs> he just, just like, okay, I got to bring my game up when the Flyers play. Well, you played for one period, Braden Holtby. Good job. You played for one period because the Flyers literally put an onslaught on you starting early in the second period. This starts with a turnover by, guess who, Ratko Gudis in his <sighs> own blue line. Over to Nicholas Albee. He does a nice little move to get around Ratko Gudis, who pitched too early. And he sets up Michael Raffle with a great pass to one-timer, right past Brayden Hopi for a 2-1 Flyers lead. And 14 seconds after this, guess who? But number 14, Sean Couturier, gets a nice breakaway pass from Jake Voracek. Put, does a little deke, puts it past Brayden Hopi. It's 3-1. And not that long later, a nice face-off win for the Flyers, and it's Matt Niskanen just literally throwing it to the net. Deflects off of James Van Riemsdyk and the Flyers lead this game by a score of 4-1 to one in the second period, not even five minutes in. So, <laughs> Capitals are on the heels right now. It's just, where did this come from? And after this, the Capitals have to call a timeout because that's how bad they were playing in the second period. I mean, period. that's expected. Their head coach was livid. He was pissed. <sighs> I don't blame him. I, don't blame I mean, him they were playing very good, too. It wasn't like it was a dominance by the Flyers. I mean, they were... It was a solid game, as I said. I mean, the shots were 11-9 after the first period, and the Flyers come out like that, and they score like it's nothing. And it's like, it was yeah. it, it was just weird. It was it, it just was crazy. Weird. It was absolutely crazy, man. I, as I said, it was oh, such a good game. But, as, but, as, but since we're Flyers fans, we are happy about that. But this is where 
I, I would say <laughs> the frustration kind of builds in because of the referees, because they were terrible this game. Yeah, the they refs were. were so one-sided. And this starts with, it's not almost halfway into the second period. The Flyers are in their own zone. It's Sean Couturier battling with Alex Ovechkin in the corner. And Alex Ovechkin gives him a little cross-check, and then Sean Couturier kind of falls over. And you think the penalty right there called a penalty on that, and you think it was going to Alex Ovechkin for possibly boarding or cross-checking. No, it's no, on Couturier. You, you find out it's on Sean Couturier for embellishment. What? 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 That is that really what they called that? They called it embellishment. That is unreal. Is I thought, and that's bad. funny too, because I was actually on Instagram Live doing that with one of my one of my buddies, and um, I was like, and I thought it was on Ovechkin, and I was yeah. like, and I said it on the live video. I was like, oh, it was on Ovechkin, and then I heard they called it on Katuri. I didn't hear the call. I thought it was a they call that embellishment. Yeah, they did. They it, they were going to commercial break as the refs were calling the the penalty. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Was like Philadelphia penalty, then they went to commercial. But then I found out on Twitter it was called for embellishment. I was like, what? Excuse me, that's embellishment. But, <laughs> that uh, is okay. real. Okay, but the Flyers they do manage to kill these penalties off. Jake Forchek and Nick Dowd also get roughing penalties because it's getting a little bit of scrappy because Sean Couturier is getting a little roughed up in this second period because you got guys like. I forget who specifically went after Sean Couturier in the Washington zone, but kind of knocked him over, kind of gave him a little headshot right there. But, you know, Sean Couturier's a little pissed that no one's calling penalties on them. And he's getting one. He's the one that's getting called for embellishment. So you get Jake Voracek standing up for his teammate, getting that roughing with Nick Dowd. But then also on that four-on-four, Kevin Hayes gets a hooking penalty. And this hooking penalty was so soft. It was barely that a look. That was awful. That was a horrible call. Regardless, it was so bad. And that the Flyers do manage to kill that off regardless. And then this is almost late into the second period. Richard Panic gets a slashing penalty or, t- or receives a slashing from Travis Sanit, but he also does a brilliant play. He puts the puck on his skate, kicks it back out to his stick, but Brian Elliott is there to make the nice toe save to keep this game a 4-1 Flyers lead. But Washington, once again, goes on the power play. And what do you know? The Flyers kill it off once again. So Flyers, penalty kills, ste- stepping up for the uh, refs in their, uh, you know, game. <laughs> and then the Flyers, they actually get a power play. <laughs> I kid you not. They actually get a power play at the end of the second period. And they go to the third period with a power play. So there you go. Flyers are actually getting some penalties. Yeah, definitely, uh, and and it was good too because the end of the, the uh, period, it basically or not like the end of the period, it was a couple minutes later after this power play, uh, it, I guess the calls even themselves out because the Flyers then had a five on three, mm-hmm. uh, as well. So I mean, I, yeah. yeah, I mean the refs were pretty bad, but at least the Flyers had like a four one five one lead at that point when the penalties were starting to get a little iffy. Yeah, See, if it, it was a closer game, I would have been a little more pissed off about it, but. Since it was, you know, it was kind of leaning towards more of the Flyers blowing them out at that point. It was just, I was like, all right. And see, the best thing about it was, too, was the penalty kill was amazing tonight. Yes, it was. It definitely It was so good. Definitely. Like, they literally, I mean, besides the power play goal, which, as I said, is so hard to defend because it's the one-touch pass. You have Oshie in the slot. He's one of the best players in the slot in the league Mm -hmm. uh, on the power play. And... Like they were so aggressive, and on the goal they couldn't, they they just couldn't get the puck out. Mm-hmm. But after that, I mean, 
guys like A's, guys like Raffle. I mean, they were just guys taking the puck. Yeah. And Couturier was phenomenal tonight. But oh, yes, not even was. just offensively, he was unreal he was on the penalty the kill. Entire team. It was yeah. it's just like you see on that power play for Washington, they're trying to you could tell they're trying to set up Ovi literally every second, and the Flyers are reading that every second. Yeah, well, it's, like, I mean, try it's kind of obvious when yeah, well. the guy needs 700 goals, and that's what <laughs> he's going to be. That's his bread and butter. And it's funny, too, because he sometimes, sometimes it felt like he passed up some good opportunities, like he literally did. passed it yeah, instead and, of taking and, the shot. Exactly. And I, I think it helped them, too, because Robert Hag was great tonight. Oh, and yeah, Robert There was Hague. one play that mate was, you know, it was all over Twitter. People oh, yeah, were blasting yeah. him about it. Oh, not, not uh, and... It, yeah, it, it could it have been a better play. Yeah, but it does it make look, sense? Look, yes, he was, he was on the end of his shift. He's gonna exactly, dump the puck in. exactly. It made sense to dump the puck in. Yeah, could he make but, a better play? Probably, probably. But, but we don't. Regardless, Hag was great tonight. At the yes, end of the second period, he had four block shots and he was a plus one. He had three blocks on Ovechkin, one on Carlson, two of yeah. them. That's like two of their better players. Yeah. And it's funny because out of everyone talking about uh, Ovechkin, like. No one said a word about Carlson, and no. he's on pace for ninety-eight points. He mm-hmm. might get a hundred points this year. That's crazy. Yeah, as a that's, defenseman, that's unreal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like come, like Jesus. He, he, even though he is the favorite Norris Trophy candidate, it'd be nice to see him get a hundred points. Haven't yeah, seen definitely. that in like who was the last defenseman to get a hundred points in the NHL? That's a <sighs> that's while. it's probably probably been a while since that's happened. <sighs> I, I dude, I couldn't even tell you. Maybe. Do you think it's even in the twenty tens? Uh, no, nowhere close. It has to be like maybe like early two thousands nineties. I'm talking. Yeah, about. you gotta yeah, go back, just... back. But regardless, let's get into this third period for goal wise for the Philadelphia Flyers. It starts off early once again. Nicholas Albin Kubel making a nice, great individual play. He puts some pressure on Washington. He turns the puck over and he snipes it past Braden Holtby. And it's a five one Flyers lead, and the Flyers are still not done. It's Claude Drew on the left side, putting it to the net front, where Travis Connecting is there to redirect it for a 6-1 Flyers lead. And the Flyers are still not done. They get a 5-on-3 around the halfway point in this period, and it's Travis Connecting giving it right back to Claude Giroux for that one-time clapper past Braden Holtby. 7-1 Flyers lead, and that was Claude Giroux's 800th point in his National Hockey League career. And... For surprisingly, this is when Washington finally decides to pull Braden Holpe. It's just like, you, you let him allow seven goals, this is when you're going to take him out of the damn game? Like, come on, like, he he embarrassed himself enough. You're going to embarrass yeah. even more. And, and some of the goals really weren't his fault. Yeah. I mean, the breakaway goal, the two-on-one, the Giroux goal, he's left wide open. I mean, and, and there was others. Uh, I, I thought that Konechny goal, he probably should have had. The Obi Kubel goal, that was a pure snipe. Uh, the first goal, Couturier, really nothing you can do right there. That's just a, that's a great shot. Can't do anything on the JVR sh- de- deflection. Yeah, because yeah. because if, I mean, Van Rooster got that at the last second. If not, that's exactly. right in his glove. Yeah, and it's just like you. F- I feel like I like Brayden Hope. I feel like he's a really good goaltender. His numbers don't show it this season. He's kind of been a sluggish goaltender the past two seasons and sadly this is going into his contract year and you kind of expect Washington's probably not going to re-sign him and they're yeah, going to go with Ilya Samsonov yeah especially probably. after that Backstrom re-signing when, which exactly. is like eight nine million a year so and I don't know what their actual cap number is specifically but there's no way they're going to have to be able to afford Holby because how much do you think he would want 
He's he's probably gonna want at least between like the eight to ten million range. Really? I, I would say that too. He's won two Vesnas. He has the numbers that show it. He has a Stanley Cup to his resume. That is true. He's yeah. going like I know he's had like two sluggish seasons, but sometimes if he can find a change of scenery, I feel like he'll really help a team out. And I still he's prob he's definitely worth I would say between that seven to ten million range. Yeah, that's that, definitely that, that is a good point. Win. So yeah, definitely. And in Washington, they put the garbage goal in there. It, it's kind of a fluky goal. It's Evgeny Kuznetsov. He kind of he tries to put the shot on there. It kind of, he kind of hits Matt Niskanen's stick at the same time. So it like it fools Brian Elliott and it goes through his five hole. It's seven two Flyers, and that's how your game ends by a score of seven to two. Alex Ovechkin will not reach seven hundred goals tonight. He will have to wait a future night. Thankfully, he does not do that against the Flyers this season. Well, actually, Alex Ovechkin has not scored a goal against the Flyers, I think, in the past five games he's played against them, the past five, six games, which is, uh, I would say that's successful. That's a nice uh, little achievement right there for the Flyers to not allow Ovechkin to score a goal, I think, this season and going back to, like, two games last season at the end of the season, which it's just nice. It's nice to see. So, yeah, definitely. And like I said, the Flyers got some major help tonight with a lot of teams losing that are in the wildcard slash division race. Like I said, the Islanders lost, the Blue Jackets lost, and then you get teams like Florida and Toronto losing. And right now, Carolina is losing 2-1 to one going into the first intermission against the Vegas Golden Knights. So if you look at the updated NHL standings for right now, the Flyers hold that second wildcard spot with 67 points, and the Islanders hold the first wildcard spot with 68 points. And Carolina is two points behind the Flyers with 65. And Columbus, they still hold the third place spot in the Metropolitan Division. They have 69 points. If you look at Toronto and Florida, the Flyers' next opponent is Florida, actually. So Florida is the team, the second team out of the first wild, the second wildcard spot, actually. They have 64 points. They are 29, 19, and 6. And in Toronto, they hold the third place spot in the Atlantic Division. They are 29, 19, and 8 with 66 points. So the Flyers, we all know this stretch for them is going to be insanely important. This is probably their biggest stretch of the season because that this involves a lot of teams that they are in ties with the wild card. Two games against Florida. You got a game against the Islanders, and you got a home and home with the Columbus Blue Jackets, and this is all in the span of two weeks. So this is going to be some. The Flyers got to bring their best hockey out this this next couple of weeks. Going to be yeah, some very definitely. important matchups. And going into a team like Florida, we we know that Sergei Bobrovsky hasn't been the best goaltender to his contract right now, but we all know he loves loves to play against the Philadelphia Flyers. We all know that he thrives what he plays the flyers so the flyers are going to have to somehow find a way to get the sergey Bobrovsky because he hasn't been the best goaltender this season if you look at florida stats their leading point getter is jonathan uberdo who is florida's number one point guy he has 68 points on the season 19 goals 49 assists and then the guy that's below him in second for points it is alexander barkov he has 54 points 16 goals and 38 assists and he looked down the list, you got Mike Hoffman, Evgeny Dadanoff, Keith Yandel, Vincent Trocek, and the list goes on from there. If you look at their goaltending, you get Sergei Bobrovsky's numbers. In 42 games played, he has really got a heavy load this season. He is 20-15-5, a 3-2-7 goals against average, 
and a .898 goal save percentage. Wow. So, he's, yeah, he's not been as good this season as his contract has stated so far. And if you look at their other goaltenders, you get Chris Dreiger, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He has nine games played, 5-2-0, a 2-3-5 goals against, and a 9-3-2 save percentage with one shutout. And then you got Sam Montenbeau. He has nine games played, 4-2-1, 3.4 goals against average, and an 8-8-9 save percentage. So goaltending for Florida really hasn't been there except for Chris Dredger, I would mm. say. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, too, because, you know, we it's hard because you can't, obviously, numbers aren't everything in the game. I mean, it's it's obvious. I mean, yeah, there's advanced stats and everything and stuff like that. And and that really, that's becoming a big thing in the game now. Advanced stats are really huge. But, I, I mean, we're, we are basing it off numbers. So, I guess it depends yeah, on the defense in front of them, too. I mean, I don't know if that's a, a factor with Bobrovsky because transitioning from Columbus to Florida, a team that had very good defense to Florida who hasn't necessarily had the best defense. I'm- so... I mean, it, I don't know. The thing with Florida is, I feel like right now, I know Bobrovsky is an elite goaltender in this league. I know he he can steal games. He can he can go on runs with a team. He can make a team go on runs like he did with Columbus. I feel like right now, the way he's playing, he is holding Florida back from being a Stanley Cup contender. Because Florida has the forwards. They have the offensive depth to kill teams. Yeah, they do. It's, it's right now their goaltending is it just and they and they have solid defense to go pretty far in the playoffs. They added they Schraubman in the offseason. They got guys like Ekblad. I mean, they, they, they have handle. yeah, and they have solid veteran defense. Yes, and it, it's been it's funny too because like I I I honestly always thought that like Florida was just one of them teams that just never had a goalie and they finally got it and it, it doesn't look like it's holding up to the uh, the standard that everyone thought they were going to be? Because, I mean, I believe, if I remember my prediction, I think I had them in third. I think. And I think you had them in either third or fourth behind Toronto. We had I know when we did the predictions a while ago, we had them where they were kind of... They were kind of a bubble team. Yeah, it was like they were the bubble team, and we both had, like... Uh, oh my god I, I, I don't it's been remember. a while yeah it's been, it's a, been while. a while I know that uh, obviously but it, it's um it, it's different because I I, I know I, I I remember having Florida pretty high in the standings and I don't remember exactly where points wise whatever but I, I, I'm, I'm thinking if they can maybe it, it really it depends on who the play the who they face in the playoffs because the second and first wild cards can they can you can face whoever right now you can yeah. face either Boston you can face Tampa. Well, honestly, this is a fact that if Florida makes the playoffs, <laughs> that you is go, true. Got to go on that. Yeah, if that they is. Make the playoffs because right now, I feel like with them in Toronto, it's not a battle for them with a the wild card. It's a battle with for them for the third place spot in the Atlantic Division. The wild yeah. card, I don't think they have a chance for. No, and and with the way Toronto's been playing, I don't. I honestly, dude, I don't see Toronto making the playoffs. That's also a possibility. I, I I seriously don't. I mean, does Jack Campbell help them? Eh. Meh, I don't know. I'd say yes, but I say no at the same time because it's you can't just rely on a backup goaltender. Well, if if you're also a backup goaltender, Toronto's hell for you because backups in their recent history have not it, been good for them. Yeah, exactly. They've really relied on Freddie Anderson the last couple of years. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. I oh man, it's crazy. I mean, the Islanders have kind of been slipping off a little bit. 
have the Flyers. See, and, and it makes you think too, because what if the Flyers beat the Devils? <laughs> Seriously, also, think about it. like the if Flyers they beat the Devils, they right now. sixty-nine points right now. They'd be tied for would third they... place. Exactly. And they would yeah. actually hold the first wild card spot right now because if they were tied with Columbus with sixty-nine points, Columbus would hold the third place spot, and the Flyers and, would be in the wild card. And we're in the second wild card right now. We are. We are in the second wild card spot currently. That could change. That could change if Carolina wins tonight against Vegas. Okay, so we need Vegas to win. Yes, and like I said, currently they're in the first intermission. Vegas leads Carolina two to one. Hmm. That's so, crazy. What were uh, what were some of the other scores around the NHL tonight? If you look around the NHL, the other games that don't rely to the Flyers. So we get the Stars versus the St. Louis Blues, a Central Division matchup. The Stars beat them, beat the Blues by a score of three to two in the overtime. We look around, there's another game currently playing as of now. They are the Calgary Flames and the Vancouver Canucks. They are currently tied two apiece in the first intermission. Also around the NHL in the East, Bolton East versus West matchup, Canadian matchup actually. The, the Ottawa Senators took on the Winnipeg Jets and they lost by a score of 5-2. to two. The Jets take that victory for them. Then you get the Boston Bruins taking on the Arizona Coyotes at home. They beat them by a score of 4-2. to two. The Edmonton Oilers, I think Leon Dreisettle got his 85th point tonight, and they beat the Nashville Predators by a score of 3-2. to two. And well, the New Jersey Devils, they get back-to-back shutouts. They beat the Los Angeles Kings by a score of 3 to nothing. And then, like I said, the Colorado Avalanche, they beat the Columbus Blue Jackets by a score of 2-1, to one, scoring two late goals. So, like I said, the Flyers are getting some help there. And if you want to look at the NHL games that are going on tomorrow... We get an original six matchup on NBC. That'll be the Boston Bruins versus the Detroit Red Wings at 1230. That's, Other games. That's not a bad game. I mean, honestly, not a bad game. Sadly, Detroit sucks. But still. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if you go back and, and look at that and say, say, say the year's 2014, that's a good game. That is a good game. And, and, and that was actually a playoff series that year in the first round. Yeah, it was. And if you look at other games for tomorrow i think to, is tomorrow like hockey day in america or something like that i'm not sure yeah today was like hockey day in canada i and, think so uh, the game on um rogers hometown hockey and it was it was on NHL network that's why i'm talking about it it was a uh, jet senators mm. and as you said winnipeg won five two yeah. but uh yeah i think yeah. tomorrow is like hockey day in america or something like that i'm not i'm not entirely sure do not quote me on that whatsoever so like i said it's boston detroit on NBC at 12.30. Your other games on tap are at 3 o'clock is the Buffalo Sabres taking on the Anaheim Ducks at home. Then you get the New York Rangers taking on the Los Angeles Kings. Then you get the Winnipeg Jets taking on the Chicago Blackhawks at home. And the Minnesota Wild will take on the Colorado Avalanche at 7.30 on NBC Sports Network. So yeah, those you... are your games that wrap up on Sunday, February 9th. Yeah, you are right. It is uh, Hockey Day in America. It's Tampa Bay is hosting it. It's actually like a, a week-long thing. It's the, the 9th to the 17th. Mm. So there's like different games. Uh, it says an extension of Hockey Week across America, the nine-day event, beginning with uh, Hockey Day in Tampa Bay. Sunday, February 9th, will showcase the Lightning's con- contributions to the youth hockey in the Bay Area. Kick off at 8.30 a.m. with a girls' hockey game, followed by... A showdown between a pair of youth travel teams, the Junior Raiders, coached by Hockey Hall of Fame and former Lightning superstar Martin San Louis at the Florida Alliance, uh, or in the Florida Alliance at the uh, Amalie Arena. So there's a bunch of different things. Uh, it looks like there are 
I'm trying to see. There's since it's hosted by Tampa, it's on Thursday, the 13th. Uh, the Lightning they'll host. Uh, the Lightning Community Hockey Team will host an open house at the Lightning Main Training Center. That's in Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's any games, though, like NHL games that are actually on. Um, it looks like there is. Uh, there's College Hockey Day. That's Saturday, February 15th. There's games at 4 and 8. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, then February 12th, there's the High School Hockey Showcase. There's a bunch of different things, uh, so it's pretty cool. Um, I I do think that that game is uh, I think that is the hockey day, but I'm trying. Does Pittsburgh? Play, no, Pittsburgh doesn't play tomorrow, do they? No, they don't. Yeah, because I remember in recent years Pittsburgh's. I think Pittsburgh has been that game that's been on for oh. uh, the hockey day in America. Yeah. Well, it looks like it's going to be Detroit and Boston for that game. Mm-hmm. So it's that, well, is that in Boston? That is in Detroit. Oh, it's in Detroit. Okay. Yes. So hopefully that'll be a good matchup. Hopefully Detroit doesn't get blown out. <laughs> I, w- I would at least like that to be a good close game. Between yeah, it's semi-close. I don't want it to be a blowout, but I don't want it to be like a 5-1 or 5-2. <laughs> I yeah, want it to be a close exactly. game with Detroit maybe getting a win. I wouldn't mind maybe. seeing Boston lose. Who knows, knows what will happen. So getting off of that topic, so I want to kind of look at the uh, point leaders in the NHL so far. Like I said, Leon Dreisaitl today got his 85th point on the season. So, looking at NHL.com right now, you look at the top 10 point getters in the National Hockey League. Leon Dreisaitl is in first place with 85 points. He has 31 goals, 54 assists. Second place is his partner, Connor McDavid. 30 goals, 51 assists for 81 points. And then behind those guys in third place will be David Pasternak. He has 77 points, 38 goals, and 39 assists. Then behind him for fourth place is Nathan McKinnon. 75 points, 31 goals, and 44 assists. Then you get Artemi Panarin with 72 goals. Brad Marchand in sixth with 69 points. Well, not not 72 goals, 72 points for Artemi Panarin. <laughs> 72 goals. <laughs> if only. If only someone could score 72 goals. And then you also get, in seventh place, Austin Matthews. He has 68 points. He has 40 goals on the season, along with Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, Eighth that's place, unreal. Yeah, eighth place, you get Jack Eichel. He has 68 points. I feel bad for Jack Eichel being on Buffalo. And then ninth place, you got Jonathan Uberdo, the Florida Panthers. He has 68 points. It's a three-way tie for seventh place in points in the National Hockey League. Then you get in tenth place is Nikita Kucherov with 67 points. And then trailing, you got guys like Patrick Kane, John Carlson, Steven Stankos, and the list goes on from there. So, so who do you think out of these guys win the Hart Trophy? I would say be- I would say between uh, I would say between Connor McDavid, David Pasternak, or Nathan McKinnon. Who do you think wins the Hart Trophy? I feel like it's gonna be those three guys. Hmm. Who did you say? McKinnon, Pasternak, and McDavid. McDavid. Uh... Or hell, do you think Leon Drysaddle gets a nod, a nod for that? Yeah, I'll go Drysaddle. I'm gonna say go either Drysaddle or Pasternak. Either one of them. Hmm. I have a feeling the NHL is going to give it to McDavid just because they love McDavid so much and they feed him That's so much. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, so hopefully he doesn't win it. Honestly, I would like to see Nathan McKinnon win it just because of the just because like how injured Colorado has been this season. He's been basically carrying the team. Mm-hmm. He's he like leads leads the team in points by like I guess the next guy below him has like 30 points below him or something like that. Yeah. I would like to see Nathan McKinnon get the win for that. And he also 
who would I like to see win an award this season? Sean Couturier. I would like to see him win the damn Selkie Trophy. That would, that would be, be nice. nice. And especially with that performance tonight, he definitely deserves a Selkie Trophy if he continues that type of pace for the rest of the season. I, I mean, it, I think that and the game against the Avalanche were his two best games in definitely. in a while. Definitely. Because, I mean, he, he had a couple iffy games. We talked about this before. He had a couple iffy games before the All-Star break. Yeah. And then that Pittsburgh game, he wasn't great. He had a decent game, but wasn't great. Mm-hmm. And then the next night, he was phenomenal. Absolutely. And then he conti- he really continued that. I don't think he's really had a bad game since that Avalanche game. No, he hasn't. He's been playing really good. And yeah. now we see the that top line of Katori, Voracek, and Drew all getting points. And I think Sean Katori got two points tonight. Claudio got three. Jake Voracek had two points as well tonight. So... Albie Kubel had two points. Yeah. Gordy Howe hat trick for Albie Kubel. He was great tonight. He <laughs> was many, really good. I know, I know you told me before the game, like before the game ended, like how many minutes he, he was had, playing. How many uh, minutes did he play in total? He had two points, a hit, in four minutes and 38 seconds of ice time. Jeez. <laughs> that is <laughs> not a lot. To, to that be that effective, I mean, I think Connor, him, Connor Butterman, Pitlick, Raffle, they've been great. Absolutely yeah. great. Connor Bodeman's yeah. been very good since being called up. Okay. I wanted to ask you though, what did you think about Frost? I didn't think he was bad for the ice time he got. Think, he won. He actually was pretty good tonight. I think he won either seven of nine faceoffs or nine of ten faceoffs. He was really good yeah. faceoffs. And at one point in the second period, the Flyers had an uh, faceoff edge of twenty nine to eight, and then they ended the game with a seventy three to twenty seven percent faceoff uh, percentage, like differential. So they absolutely Jeez. killed it on faceoffs tonight. Main re- probably one of the main reasons why they won seven to two. Yeah, I mean, the, the main reasons. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And, and in the first period, they were out. Uh, they were actually down in shots, but they had more of a territorial edge where they had. Uh, it looked like they had a lot more possession in the zone. Is couldn't really get any shots going. But mm-hmm. then in the second period, that kind of changed because they, they scored the three goals like that, and then they just were peppering the Capitals, really. And I, I, I loved how the second goal was the goodest turnover. I, that was great. <laughs> that was absolutely great. It was. And uh, good old it, remember what, you remember when Gudis got laid out by Niskanen? Oh, yeah. I, forgot. I remember that freaking Matt Niskanen proving that he won the damn trade. <laughs> the Flyers <laughs> that won was... that trade with that hit right there. <laughs> yeah. That was and, great. And, and honestly... I think that was one of the best uh, – well, not the best. Uh, I'd say that that was the uh, – one of the uh, – that was just a good hockey trade. It was. It was for it was both teams. It was a good hockey trade. Definitely. It, it, it helped out the Flyers. It definitely helped out – or it helped out the Capitals. definitely helped out the Flyers. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Gudis has been solid for them. He's got a pretty good plus minus. I never – I didn't really mind Gudis. I didn't think he was great. I didn't think he was horrible, though. I, I, I thought he was a solid defenseman for the Flyers. He was a fan favorite for a couple years until he injured Couturier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, and then he had the awful playoff series, and everything after that just kind of went downhill. And yep. him playing with Brandon Manning didn't help. But speaking of Brandon Manning, did you see he fought the guy that he apparently uh, had the racial slur against? Yes, I did see that. That was a uh, karma due for Brandon Manning, <laughs> and he he lost the fight too, which was great. Yeah, he did. He lost the fight, and that, that that's just basically an ex. That's basically a summary of getting karma when you mm-hmm. when you deserve it. 
Yeah, definitely. And, def- it, and it wasn't even like 100% of that. It wasn't even like uh, Manning tried to, you know, get away from it. He was just like, you know, I got to accept this now because I'm sure there was a I, I think I actually think there was. I think he actually apologized to him in person. He did apologize to him in person, but it's just like, yeah, that's, there's no need for that in sports. There, there isn't. It's just like, come on. So not, not even sports in the world. That's yeah, unreal. Yeah, definitely. So moving on from that, let's also look into the next opponent after the Florida Panthers, because the Flyers will play it back to back Monday and Tuesday. They played. They go to Brooklyn to play the New York Islanders on Tuesday night. So let's look at the Brooklyn, the New York Islanders actually. <laughs> the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Islanders. Islanders for a second. <laughs> so <laughs> currently on the season, the New York Islanders are. 31 to 16 and 6. They have 68 points. In their last 10 games, they have been struggling as of late. They are 4 4 and 2, and they lo- just lost tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. If we look at their stats, their leading point getter is Matthew Barzell. He has 44 points on the season, 18 goals, 26 assists. Then you get Brock Nelson with 42 points, Anthony Beauvillier with 34 points, Josh Bailey, and then the list goes on. Anders Lee, 31 points. And with the Islanders, they are a team that plays really good under the under the Barry Trotz system. They don't have that true star. I would say their only star on this team is Matthew Barzell, and he's a guy that's not going to run away with points on this team right as of now. They don't have that guy that's going to blow you away, I would say, point-wise. Yeah, that is true. And it's funny because there was actually a stat that came up uh, going into their one of their last couple games versus Dallas where they won an overtime uh, they haven't lost in regulation at Barclay Center. They haven't. No, they were like four zero and three, and they're they were. I don't know uh, what other games they've played at Barclay Center, but they're. I believe that they would be five zero and three uh, uh, after that Dallas game. But that mm-hmm. yeah, they they lost. They've lost a couple games in uh, overtime and a shootout. I know the one game they lost in overtime was against Pittsburgh uh, when mm-hmm. they lost their ten game winning streak. Uh, Brian Russ got the game-winning goal, but after that, uh, yeah, I, I I saw they said it on NHL Network uh, not that long ago that they haven't lost in regulation at Barclays Center, so that is something to throw out there too. That so is an interesting. Might stat. need some uh, overtime or shootout well, magic for the Flyers. Well, the Flyers in their recent history, I think every time they play, well, not every time, I would say majority of the time they play the Islanders in Barclays Center, they have actually have been very successful there against yeah, I, the Islanders. Uh, by I, memory, I think the last one that went actually went to overtime was the one where Tavares made the amazing play on Couturier right. and centered yeah. it over and Bailey scored. Yeah, yeah that was back in the 17-18 season. Yeah, ter- terrible times right there. But <laughs> if, if we look at the uh, goaltending stats for the New York Islanders, at the very I would say almost an even split between Simeon Varlamov and Tomas Grice. If we look at Varlamov's stats, he's got 33 games played. 16 wins, 9 losses, 4 overtime losses. He has a 2.58 goals against and a 9.15 save percentage with 2 shutouts. But I believe that Thomas Grice has been the better of the two goaltenders. He has played in 26 games, 15-7-2 record, a 2.53 goals against average, and a 9.20 save percentage. And honestly, ever since Barry Trotz came into the system for the New York Islanders, Grice has honestly thrived in his system, being like a, like a 1A, 1B type goaltender. Like, even yeah. going back to when Robin Lander was the goaltender last year for the Islanders as well. Mm-hmm. So, that's been interesting right there. And I think Grice is going into a contract year. So, imagine if he's going to get a little bit of a pay raise right there. 
from the New York Islanders, possibly. That's true. He might be. And as you said, like he he was like kind of bounced around the league a little bit. He was with Pittsburgh. He was with uh, he was actually with Phoenix, yeah. uh, a long time ago when they were uh, still the Phoenix Coyotes and then changed to Arizona. But yeah, he, he's a uh, he, and he really wasn't that good as you said. He's been thriving with them. He was really a uh, I'd say like a not basically like a fringe backup. Yeah. Uh, with them, and, and I, I don't know if he has he played at the AHL for a while. I am not entirely sure about that. His, if you go back to like the beginning of his career, I'm looking at this on NHL.com. He, his first like not entirely full season, he played three games, but he started in the 2007-2008 season with the San Jose Sharks, and he, and he was with that organization for four seasons. He was with them until 2012-2013. Then he went to Phoenix for one season. Then he went to Pittsburgh, and then he went to the Islanders, and that's where he's been ever since. Mm. He's played. He played in Phoenix for one season. Played twenty five games in the twenty thirteen fourteen season. Played with the Pittsburgh Penguins for twenty games in fourteen fifteen. Then since twenty fifteen twenty sixteen, he's been with the New York Islanders as basically their starter slash one A one B goaltender. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because his last five games. He so going back to January fourteenth, he had a nine forty four save percentage was against Detroit. January nineteenth, he had a nine sixty nine save percentage against Carolina. January twenty first, he had a nine fifty two save percentage against the Rangers. Then to February first, he had an eight thirty three save percentage against the Canucks. He gave up four goals on twenty four shots. He had twenty saves, and he had a eight eighty save percentage against the Kings on February sixth. Uh, he gave up three goals on 25 shots, so he's been kind of going down a little bit. Uh, the All-Star break does interfere with that, and uh, obviously backup uh, time. Who is their backup again? Uh, Simeon Varlamov. Well, oh, yeah, it's, Varlamov, it's te- right. It's technically, I think Varlamov's played more games, so I guess Varlamov technically is the starter. But Yeah, because yeah, one- like, they, they don't have a starter, do they? Yeah, they're they're basically a tandem. They're like I've been saying, they're a one A one B situation. Right, right, yeah. But it's funny because those are two. Well, actually, Vancouver is a good team, but that that's a tough team right there to have an eight eighty save percentage against the L A Kings. So you got to see what happens. I mean, I don't know, uh, you know, like different stats and you know with their with the this last game against Tampa Bay. Uh, and things like that, but I'm thinking I don't know because that's a tough one. Though. I think the last time they've played the Islanders twice, and mm-hmm. the last time they played them at home, they had a three nothing lead and they lost in a shootout. Yes, and that they actually had a three nothing lead going into the third. That made it even worse. And we also and then, played in in the uh, Nassau Coliseum and we got embarrassed there. Yeah, like five two or something like that. Five three. Yes. Yeah, so oh one and one against the Islanders this season. Yeah, so, that's I, I think that's uh, I think that's time for a win. Yeah, it's definitely time for a win. So it, it's definitely time for a win because they need the points right now, and that's a big did. game. Like that is a very big game. This mm. entire week is huge. This next like week to two weeks. So mm-hmm. the Flyers, after getting a much needed, I would guess, embarrassment of the Washington Capitals, beat them by a score of seven to two tonight. They get the extra two points that they needed. So far, they'll sit in the second wild card spot without. Well, they'll sit in the second wild card spot, uh, re- regardless of what Carolina does tonight. We got to wait to see what they do if they beat the Vegas Golden Knights or not. If Carolina beats them, the Flyers will fall out of that wild card spot. If Carolina does not beat them, the Flyers will be in that wild card spot for the uh, 
foreseeable future. So the Flyers will play this Monday and upcoming Tuesday against the Florida Panthers at home on Monday, and then they'll play the New York Islanders in Brooklyn on Tuesday. At seven, Both games will be at 7 p.m. The Flyers will also take on the Florida Panthers this upcoming Thursday in Florida. Then they'll also go to Tampa Bay this Saturday. They'll play that them at 4 o'clock. So this is going to be a really big stretch for the Philadelphia Flyers coming up right here. Who I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure we're going to see Carter Hart this week. It's, it might be a possibility that we see him this week. Who knows? But if we don't see Carter Hart by the time at the beginning of this week, I'll definitely expect a a split situation between Alex Lyon and Brian Elliott, possibly in these two games, because I don't see Elian Vigneault starting Brian Elliott in both games. So mm. I'm I, sure what's going to happen there. I think I actually saw something on Twitter that someone was supposed to be back by Monday, but I don't know who it was. And I'm trying to look that up now as we speak. But uh, to give a little update uh, on the Carolina-Vegas game, it's actually 3-1 Vegas right now with, uh, let's see how much time is left in the second, 8 minutes, 40 seconds left in the second period. So they might be going into the second intermission with a two-goal lead. Hopefully they can hang on there. But, um, yeah, as I said, with the... uh, I don't remember. You know, forget it. I think I think it was Hart though, because I can't think if it was anyone else. Because who else would they need for an injury right now that is injured besides Gossespierre? Because Gossespierre played, and it's obviously not Patrick, and it's obviously not Limblom. Mm-hmm. It's definitely. It's most likely gonna be Carter Hart. So yeah. So he may be ready for Monday, but well, I wanted to make sure hoping. to confirm that. But it's whatever. <laughs> well, here's hoping. So. Like I said, the Flyers will take on the Florida Panthers this Monday at 7 p.m. And then they'll take on the New York Islanders on a back-to-back on a Tuesday night. So let's hope the Flyers can get some much-needed points right here. because, Well, actually, some much-needed wins because they need the wins right now. So let's hope Carolina loses today and the Flyers can remain in that second wild-card spot. And let's hope the Flyers on this next stretch of important games get some much-needed pointage because this playoff race is going to be, going to be painful and just stressful down the stretch and the flyers need to get the points when they can earn them so and exciting and, and exciting hopefully exciting so for us exciting flyers, in a good way though definitely definitely so for us at the flyer up podcast we will be back after the flyers next two games against the florida panthers and the new york islanders so for us here we will see you in the next episode see you later everyone <laughs>